Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace and Linode. I'm one of your hosts, Yasmin Evian, and joining me as always, Andy Anako and Russell Ivanovich. Hello, friends. Hello. Hello, Yasmin. How lovely to talk to both of you again. Yeah, we heard you on the podcast, Andy, that you, you recently went on the podcast that Russell was a guest on, and you kind of talked, you talked about yourself, but you also talked about the beginning of Material, and you said some really, really nice things about Russell and I and Material and how it's just like a group of friends getting together and talking. Uh, I was completely blushing when you were saying all those wonderful things about us, but <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know about you, Russell, were you blushing too? Yeah, I actually went and uh, I listened to it, I fired it up in our, in our web player there and I listened all the way through Andy and I, I really enjoyed it I thought there was um some good insight there I mean I've been I don't want to sound like a fan or anything but I've been following your work you know since since the very sort of early days and it it was fun to hear about a few things that you know I didn't know about yeah so it's it's uh, it's I hadn't listened to that podcast before like you had been a guest but it's interest it does it's, it's not inside baseball at all to talk to a podcast in which you talk to podcasters about podcasting <laughs> because I mean, like the three, the three of us, like maybe we're maybe we'll save this for like show one hundred, but we're not going to talk about. Let's talk about the early history of the material of podcast and all the technical. But it's, it's sometimes fun to like talk, because whenever you get like a podcast that works, and at least from my point of view, uh, material works really great. It really is about uh, finding people you enjoy spending time with, and that you're not you don't feel like you need to either be quiet because they're dominating everything or to talk a lot because they have nothing to say. You're just sort of enjoying a two or three or four way conversation. Uh, and so sometimes it's, it's nice to chat about that because you don't get to talk about that like on the actual show. Uh, and yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I really do dig uh, this time that we get to spend uh, each week. And I'm sure that you'll be the next one to be on that show. <laughs> I well, I was afraid, Andy. I, so I'm sure we'll, we'll find out like the th the perspective from from yours too. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just gonna go on there and be like Russell and Andy just completely lied. It's all lies. Here's the here's the <laughs> truth. Here is the story behind Material Podcast. I was kind of afraid because you tweeted it out and you said finally got a lot a lot off my chest, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, what what is Andy gonna say? <laughs> uh, so I, I was yeah. I was just trying to attract <laughs> clicks. That's all I was trying to do. That's just good marketing. <laughs> no, so it was good. So if you are interested in hearing um, Andy's version of how Material Pod uh, Podcast started. We'll put a show a link in the show notes, and and we will actually put a show link on there. I want to apologize to all of our listeners because for the past two episodes, you have been rickrolled by our show notes. And for, for you know, for the first rickroll, it was episode thirty one, and I said users get rickrolled for the first time because I thought it would be funny. I was like doing the show notes one one late at night, and I was like giggling to myself because I was like, "Oh, this is so funny! I'll put it in a Google link. They won't know it's the Rick. They're gonna get rickrolled. How funny!" And so I left it on there, <laughs> and only a few of you found it, and you responded back saying, "Ha ha! Like I just got rickrolled, yada yada." And it was uh, the show notes were you know the it was the episode after we rickrolled you on the air when Andy started singing so lovely. Well, last time, our last episode, Russell actually did the show notes. And throughout the whole episode, we were saying, 
Andy's wonderful hat and we were talking about how great this hat is, but you know what? We didn't actually have a picture of the hat. And so when it was time to publish the show notes, uh, Russell just decided to rickroll all of you. Whoa, <laughs> let's, let's, just, let's just back up this train. <laughs> just, just a few spots. I, just, I need to feel like I need to defend myself here. So it was about 3 a.m. in the American morning. <laughs> let's pretend I was working long into the night. Let's pretend I don't work in a, in a different time zone where, you know, times are all different. And um, yeah, I, I, I was listening back to the show, I was doing the editing and I heard us mention, yes, you can find a picture of Andy's hat in the show notes, I think at least two or three times. And so I felt an obligation to our listeners. I'm like, I have to, I don't have a choice. I have to put a link here. And I'm like, I looked through Andy's Twitter timeline. I didn't see any pictures of the hat. Um, you know, I checked out a few other places. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't have a picture of this hat. What am I going to do? And so there was only one logical thing I, I felt that I could do, Yasmeen. <laughs> And, and I did. And I want you to, to take a stab at how many people um, click that. So uh, how, many, how many clicks did your original one get? I don't even want to tell you because I, I know what the initial click for your Rickroll was. <laughs> and it, you, I was, mine was really, really low compared to yours. All right. So we, we don't need to apologize to one listener. We don't need to apologize <laughs> to 10 listeners. We don't need to even apologize to 100 listeners. We need to personally apologize to 706 of our listeners who uh, who clicked on that 706? link. 706? <laughs> oh, man. So I think maybe this week. Actually, actually, I just don't know about this use of the word we here, Russell. I think because there's one person who's responsible for doing that, and uh, I thought that you guys were going to use the screen grab. I'll, I'll tell you why I didn't, like, take a picture because I always had the idea that, like, I actually have ordered through eBay – uh, a, uh, a, an, uh, a an imperial alliance like nice little enamel pin that i thought would not, it's it's if you haven't seen it it's like a really cool uh, okay from my perspective it's a really cool thick wool beret but it's not like a tourist beret it's like actually a like like i said a couple of shows ago i actually had to order it from poland and they actually like made it and then shipped it from poland and i thought it would look nice with a with a pin in it and then uh, we've, we've had like a week of almost a week of like 10 degree 12 degree weather with like minus 10 degree wind chill and so i had to go out for my constitutional that hadn't taken a, t- a walk in two or three days so i pull on my balaclava which is like all the way down to my eyebrows and all the way up my nose and then this is a it, not only is it stylish but it's also super super warm so then without thinking much about it i pull that like over the balaclava and then like i go and look at myself and i look like either a gi joe character from like the 80s cartoon <laughs> or like some sort of a resistance fighter uh, <laughs> and so i had to like instagram a picture from there so i just need to, p- people to know that uh it doesn't come with the face obscuring hood you don't have to be like throwing Molotov cocktails or raging against the machine to wear this. They're actually two separate clothing items, uh, although I do recommend this uh, this hat quite nicely. And we will actually put a link to that hat. It's, it's <laughs> that safe hat to click? Is that what you're saying, Yasmin? Are you guaranteeing to, to our to listeners click. here and now that they'll, they'll be able to click on this? I will personally stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> when Russell hits publish to see it. No, I'm just kidding. I won't be up. But... <laughs> Uh, Russell is vowing right now that he won't do that to you guys. All right, you you have uh, my uh, I don't want to promise it because that, that feels too strong. You have uh, my uh, weak slash medium. Mm. We'll 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 say that you on you have the promise of the material podcast that Russell will not rickroll you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Andy might get in there. 
but Russell will not. I'll just... just oh, come on. You're so, they're supposed to... See, what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to get rickrolled by you or me and then get angry. They say, oh, well, actually, technically speaking, just like just like my third grade teacher said, said, well, Julie, to answer your question, you can stand up in middle of class and play your radio. <laughs> just a warning. And then everybody else, in, everybody else in class, oh, my God, she's got to get so punished because she doesn't know the difference between can and may. <laughs> now, yeah. Yasmin, I think to take the heat off me here, I believe that uh, you might have received something this week. Yes, it was awesome. Okay, so last week I was complaining and was sharing my suffering of Project Fi. So for those that don't know what Project Fi is, Project Fi is a mobile data service provided by Google and it uses like T-Mobile and Sprint Networks. And you can start off at getting it for their basic plan starts at $20 a month, which includes calls and texts. And then they charge you per gig of data they use, like $10 per gig. The really cool thing about Project Fi is that, say, you have a two-gig plan, but you only use one gig, you actually get $10 back. Like, that's the cool thing about Project Fi. You only pay for the data that you use. One of the things, the issues that I've had with Project Fi, like, I, actually, the service has been great, and I haven't had many issues. But one of the issues that I have had is that sometimes some SMS uh, doesn't work properly. And I don't know how this all really works. Like I was, I was like, so SMS doesn't use all the same gateway. Like there's different gateways, and I guess according, like there's actually a lot of different gateways that SMS uh, uses. And one of them is email, which I guess Project Fi reached out to me and said, hey, we're now open to email gateways, so you should be able to resolve a lot of your issues. But there's like other gateways that don't come through like for two-factor authentication. Um, so I had some issues with SMS and actually when I was looking at getting Project Fi, one of you listeners wrote in and said, hey, great service, but there will be some issues that some SMS gateways don't work with your with it. So just like be warned. And no, that doesn't mean that you can't email people like, or not email, that you can't SMS people. It hasn't been an issue with that. It's mostly with services. So last week, Chipotle, uh, had one of those like health trainings and so they closed all of their shops and they said hey sorry for all you know if you wanted to get chipotle today we're so sorry that our training has interfered with this text this number type in rain check and you will get a free burrito and because it was using one of those fancy uh gateways it was actually denied me it says like access denied or serve or ever <laughs> so Google actually denied me a burrito. <laughs> and so I was talking about that and I was uh, venting to all of Google about the fact that they denied me a burrito. And one of you awesome Googlers over the weekend listened to the podcast and sent me a Chipotle gift card to buy my own burrito. <laughs> and it was it was so amazing because I it, it's really funny because I was like, hey, you know, um, I got denied a burrito and then I kind of came to my senses and I said, I'm really joking about this because all the money that Project Fi has actually given me back for not using my data like is enough to buy my own burrito. But I just want to vent because, hey, free burrito. Um, and so I over the weekend, I got this email and it said, congratulations, you have a Chipotle gift card. And I want to read to you what the email said, because it, I was like, oh, no, who sent this? Like someone from Google sent this. And this is what it said. <laughs> Hi, Yasmin. I don't work on Project Fi, but I do work at Google, and I don't think you should be de denied a burrito just because SMS to or from special numbers doesn't work with our products. So here's a gift to you. I hope you enjoy it. From a Googler. <laughs> so 
Oh, now I'm triggered. Behold the awesome power of the material podcast. Yes. I know that's that's the very first thing I thought. I'm like, mm, we have all the power now. What 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 should we wish for this week? That that's all I want to know. Well, you you we say this jokingly, but I went to my family like right away. I was like, look what I have! Like the power Google sent me a Chipotle <laughs> gift card, and they were all like, that's awesome. Ask for a self driving car next. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Google, I have a problem. Uh, you know, sometimes I use Google Maps to navigate to work. And sometimes you tell me to go one direction. And I say, no, I know where I'm going. And I take a different route. And then boom, I get stuck in traffic because I didn't listen to you. And now I'm late for work. So the only solution to this problem is if you send me a self-driving car, because then I wouldn't be able to rely on my own human nature, which is flawed. I would just let Google drive me and get me to work on time. And I think that's the only answer. So... Google self-driving car. I will welcome it with open arms. All I, I'll, I'll, I'll set my expectations a little bit more realistically. I, I would just like <laughs> the ability in Google Maps, from using navigation mode, to replace that 3D arrow with a Batmobile. Yeah. Uh, any, any, anything, anything except for the, uh, 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 like a Batman and Robin style uh, from that movie. I'll, I'll take a movie one. I'll take an animated series one. Actually, animated series one would be the, my, my first choice, but I'll leave it yeah, up to you. Yeah, and I mean, they did it for that Star Wars promotion, Andy. They put a, an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter, depending on you know which side you there chose. You the API is there. Andy should be able to get his Batmobile. <laughs> for for my one wish, and I'm sure this is how it works, You know, there's a Google genie somewhere <laughs> that, that grants us each one's wish. I, I just want a desktop messaging app. So whether it be Hangouts You've or, been or the, rumored, for that. the rumored messenger, some way to send this very <laughs> same thing, Yasmin, SMS from my desktop and even just normal messages. And I don't want it to be a web app. I know that's very particular, but I feel like now that we have the power, we can be particular. I want a native desktop messaging app, please. I'll never understand why you need it to be native. <gasps> that's just me. Yasmin, we're not going to get into this, <laughs> but uh, maybe in a future show. <laughs> it needs to work. You know, we're... we're... <laughs> We're being kind of selfish here. Maybe we could use our wishes collectively to help someone else. If Google wants to give a billion dollars to Kanye, oh. I don't know. I don't know if, if Facebook is going to come through with that. But I really think that this could be one of those moonshot programs. To because I would like to see what happens when Kanye West, of all people, gets a check for a billion dollars, like a for real check, not a billion dollar deal or a billion dollars. I mean, literally, actually, do it in like a truck of money. A truckload of money, <laughs> and I just want to see what happens to this man. Actually, you know what? Better I think off that he would do interesting just do it in burritos, it. one billion dollars worth of burritos in a truck. That's a economy. lot of burritos. Could be, could be multiple <laughs> trucks. No, no, what? How about one, one or one billion dollar burrito? Ooh, like track, like track down, like. Let's let's say I'm not saying an endangered species that everybody likes. I'm saying that one that. Everybody agrees the world would be better off without. Like pandas? So if there are like 80 of them left. I'm just, I'm, uh, well, I, they're, okay, they're I take gonna, that well, back. They're, they're going to take, take care of themselves. It's like, <laughs> although, although it would be, it'd be kind of cool. You could have like both, for the panda thing, you could have both like the, uh, the, the, the brown rice and the white rice like in the same roll. Uh, but yeah, just you know, kill them all, uh, make the meat into like a some sort of a patty sort of thing and make the burrito out of that. Uh, I'm going to have to say before Peter, I believe it's called Peter in oh, the US, gets terrible. onto us. I, I have, <laughs> I, I do have two other bits of quick news. So one is Yasmin got her other wish, top level search in one password. <gasps> and I, I got a wish that I wished ages ago. Um, someone added tap to pay here in Australia to to my phone. And I've been tapping to pay all week and... I was a hater of the tap to pay. Well, not a hater. I was like, well, we already have tap to pay on our cards. I don't see the point of having it on my phone. 
And for the last week, I've just been leaving my wallet at home. It, it feels very liberating. You just leave the entire thing in the cupboard. And you're like, you just sit there. I'll be back. And you just walk around tapping to pay with your phone. It's amazing. I'm, I'm a convert. I love tap to pay. And, and I have two more. So recently, uh, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about that Google was giving away free Google uh, Chromecast if you tap to pay 10 times, like until February 29th. And I have two more taps to go. So I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to get the free Chromecast, but I have two more taps to go. And it's, I'm, I'm not saying I'm proud of it. I'm not saying I'm ashamed of it, but I have been known to go to different coffee shops that use tap to pay, tap to pay just for this purpose. So <laughs> can I tap to pay this gum, please? Just this one. Yeah. Just this one. Yeah. Can you charge it separately, it? each piece of gum separately, <laughs> 10 times? Well, that's not, that's not bad either because it's it's a $30 thing. And if you think about, I, I wanted a Chromecast anyway, but I'm going to like, over, I'm going to keep a log of this that three times a week, I'm going to get like a hostess fruit pie that I would not necessarily ordinarily get. Or I'm going to get, there's like a, a novelty pencil topper that I think is kind of cute, but kind of frivolous. You're basically saying it's, you're going to pay in terms of things that you're going to enjoy on a day-to-day basis. But it, it is it is fun though. I, we're all, And what's most fun right now about tap to pay is that I think we're finally getting to that butter zone where I can use tap to pay and feel as though there's only a one in five chance that I will be teaching this clerk how tap to pay works. Whereas when Apple Pay first came out, it's like if every single usage was like I was we were filming a commercial and I'm like, wait a minute, are you trying to pay with your phone? I said, that's right. <laughs> you see that oval oval logo on your on, on your on your credit card machine? That means that it can use NFC. Watch what happens when I simply bring my phone into contact with the payment. <laughs> Gum bling. Wait a minute. My terminal is saying that the payment has been processed. How did that work? Well, it's just <laughs> literally that would be like a transcript <laughs> of what we'd have to go through. <laughs> Once, once someone even called a manager over. Did you know that Wark could do that? Like Wark, they can do that. <laughs> Just give me my cheeseburger. <laughs> I, I had that very experience in a cafe. So there's a cafe um, near our house. It's quite, quite an old sort of cafe. It's run by like a, an older couple. And I went in there, and um, you know, card machines, tap to pay card machines, are literally everywhere in Australia. So every street corner, every shop, like everywhere has them. We don't have that problem, but we do have the problem that we don't yet have. Um, Android Pay or Apple Pay. This actually works through like my bank. So ANZ um, released a new app. Uh, it's one of the big four banks here in Australia. And the app just, it, it's really funky. You get your existing card, you tap it to the back of your phone. It reads whatever data is on there off it. And it actually just, now the card is in your phone. Like it does a quick web transaction you've done. So I, I scanned both my cards in that way. And then I'm tapping to pay with my phone. So anyway, I'm in this cafe and there's this older woman behind the counter and I, it, it's that awkward moment where they, they have to ask you, you know, do you pay cash or card? And I'm like, oh, a card, please. And then she's waiting for me to produce my card, but I'm just holding my phone and we're just kind of looking at each other and I, and I just flipped it around. I'm like, I'm going to pay with this. And she's like, really? You, you can do that? And I'm like, yeah. And it got really awkward, I think, because she's thinking like, you know, new technology, this this young upstart kid is about to steal all the money from my register or something. Like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> and I, I tapped to pay and a little receipt came out. And she's like, oh, well, that's cool. And it was just that, that awkward experience. And I think in Australia, we're a little bit British in that regard. Like we, if it's awkward at a checkout, like most people won't do it. And I, I feel that awkwardness as I come to the checkout and I'm like, I want to pay by card. And then I hold up my phone and people just stare at you. They're like, what, what are you doing? You're insane. <laughs> do you get that in the US or is it a lot more like everyone does it now? 
It's more of, oh, are you using Apple Pay? And I'm like, well, actually, it's Android Pay. No, no, no. Um, I used to get that a whole lot before when I was using Google Wallet. But after Apple Pay, it's usually, oh, are you using Apple Pay? And then I'm like, tap, I just say, yeah, tap and pay. Like, I don't, I'm not like a jerk about it. Maybe I should be. Maybe I should be like, no, it's Android Pay, everyone. Android. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that they're uh, a lot happier when we use like the tap and pay system than when we use the now that uh, they're oh, the uh, chips. Uh, U.S. banks are rolling out the chip because that's the that's the biggest pain in the butt. Oh yeah, those things like, like put the card in. No, don't take it out. No, 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 no. Hang on. Wait, the, the the screens are like they're, they're it's it's like diffusing a bomb the way that the screen gives you. Now keep it in there, and then there'll be a repeat. Do not remove the card. And I'm like, okay. I'm watching. Instead of whereas you put the phone on the device, it goes bling. Thing. Okay, thank you very much, and it's done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that it's such a such a quick process as well. Like it's just boom, and literally, you know, five seconds later, you're walking away. Yeah, it definitely is a lot faster than doing the chip payment because you were so right. When you leave it in there, it takes an extra second versus just like swiping it and you can't move it. And if you move it, it's like, oh, no, you just destroyed everything. Like, no, my my daughter was like, I want to I want to, you know, swipe the card. And I was like, OK. And like the cash register uh, person was looking at us and we're like, don't touch it. Like, I know you're going to want to touch it, but just leave it in there. Uh, so yeah, when they first started rolling out, I remember talking to one of the cash register people and they were like, man, I'm really, really going to hate this once, uh, like black Friday comes around because it's just going to take so much longer to process stuff. Uh, but you know, I'm up, I'm all for technology that is, makes us safer. Um, but I want just tap and pay everywhere, tap and pay everywhere. Yeah. I, I, I do have one issue though, Yasmin, I, I've been tapping yeah. to pay so much and I'm not I know some people think I'm a millionaire. I don't have that much money. I've tapped to pay so much that I've actually run out of cash. So I need I need some solution, Yasmin. Can can you offer me anything like in, in this regard? Because I'm literally out of money right now. I don't know what to do. Well, I'm here to help you out, Russell, because this episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com forward slash material. Enter offer code material at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. When it, give, when it comes to giving yourself a place online, there's nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all the power you need into your hands and take away all the pain points, like worrying about hosting, scaling, or what to do if you get stuck with something. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of skill level, no coding required. Best part is that it's gonna look great on your mobile device, tablet, or on the desktop. It's responsive design, and they have a lot of people that can help you. So if you get stuck on something, they're gonna help you out. They provide 24-7 free support. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology to power your site and ensure security and stability. Regardless, if you want a full commerce support or a cover, a cover page that's just going to look great looking single page website, Squarespace has you covered. And if you want to stretch Squarespace even further, you should check out their dev platform that lets you dig into the code and tinker with your Squarespace site. If you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name like andyisawesome.com or russellforpresident.com forward slash material. That would be a good one. Allowing you to choose exactly what you want for your site to be called. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. 
And I love Squarespace when people come to me and are like, Yasmin, I need a website, but I really don't have a lot of money. I'm just like, hey, go to Squarespace. You're going to get a great deal. You're going to get help. And you're not going to have to deal with people hacking into your site. They take care of all of that. So start a free trial with no credit card required and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com forward slash material. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code material to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for a material podcast. We thank Squarespace for the support in this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, you should. You really should. Just just do it. We all should be quite effervescent right now because this is, of course, I, you can probably tell from the tone of our voices, this is the first day. Uh, we're starting like a new calendar system. It's uh, This is year one, uh, and it's year one AG after Grammys because the Grammys last night were just such a fantastic production from start to finish. Um, I'm, we wanted to, we want to talk about the new Google ad that ran, Google had ran so many ads during, uh, during the show, uh, mostly being really, really effective about showing off. Here are all the different services that we have using not really case studies so much as here is one person. Here's one, here's someone who is a, a, you don't want to, I was going to say a fitness a celebrity fitness instructor, but the whole point was that don't call me a fitness instructor because look at it, look at what I do over the course of the day with Google products and services. They point out that I am also a teacher, I'm also a nutritionist, I'm also this, that, and the other. Um, I just embarrassed that I, I thought that the, this stuff was pretty cool, but it does come on the heels of a live performance of the opening number from Hamilton and Lady Gaga doing a medley of. David Bowie music, uh, complete with really good motion tracking uh, video effects, projecting David Bowie makeup on her face as she moves oh. and sings, which was pretty cool. And <laughs> and Adele uh, singing alone with just a piano, which when you get to sing, when you have a voice like Adele's, you can do that. Uh, funny as hell, too, because the microphone, I thought that is going to, okay, of course, you can have her accompanied by just a single microphone. But then, like, as she starts this nice little ballad, there's like a guitar riff. Like, okay, it's a little bit, okay, I get it. <laughs> what had happened, but what had happened was the microphone that was miking the piano fell off of its mount and crashed into the oh, strings, no. not only causing that noise, but also throwing the piano out of tune. <laughs> so now Adele has to sing. Because <laughs> now, she, if Adele sings in tune, she'll sound out of tune because of the piano. But if she sings out of tune, then she is singing out of tune. I'm not sure that, she, I'm not sure that her CPU is programmed to do anything out of tune anymore uh, so but nonetheless i was pretty excited i did see her tweet she was like you know stuff happens but i guess now i'm treating myself to an in and out so you know what <laughs> yeah. hey i win <laughs> there, there's now what i think that uh, our listeners have uh, understand this tradition that when there's a really great live live show what you do is like as it's running or at the latest, like an hour after the show stops, you do that YouTube search for the numbers that you want from that show. Because so I have the Adele number, I have all those numbers that I talked about, and then of course the next day I wake up and I turn on my Apple TV while I'm getting my getting my mail and I'm watching the YouTube app that of course has like my history on it, and with a with a sense of smug certainty. I click like, oh, let's let's watch that Hamilton clip again. Beep. This clip has been removed because of a copyright claim by CBS. <laughs> okay, let's listen to the Adele thing. Beep. This 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 account has been deleted by Balloon, and I'm smug because I used a YouTube downloading app to, <laughs> to make sure that I have all of that stuff safely on my hard drive. 
uh, or, or my SSD, and I'm like, yes, you you tried to you tried to prevent me from stealing what was rightfully okay. It's not rightfully mine. It was stealing, but you tried to stop me from stealing something that I wanted, and I put that I I put, I put the kibosh on that. Actually, I have a question with that. So you know, if you are a YouTube Red subscriber, you can download videos. Are you able to download a video and then if it gets removed for copyright issues, are you able to still keep that video on there because it's downloaded? I'm really curious now. I don't really know. I use a tool called MacX YouTube Downloader. Uh, that's a free download. Uh, and I've never actually tried to use it the other way. Um, uh, I've only used the download feature when I've been uh, watching something on my iPad in my hotel room and I have to like leave for a flight or something. I just want to source it locally. I would I would assume that if if it's uh, if it's in the library of the YouTube app, it would have at least the technical ability to do that. But once you've put it as a file on your hard drive, uh, I am old. I cannot I cannot keep saying volume. I have to always go back to. I'm, I'm just glad I'm not saying Winchester Drive. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, but wouldn't that, wouldn't that be exciting though if Google said, "Yeah, I'm going to have to search. We know you downloaded this. We're going to have to search your hard drive no. and all attached network volumes <laughs> to find it." <laughs> Sir, that we're gonna have like to be taking idea. this file back, sir. It doesn't belong here, sir. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't it, isn't it weird though? You do have. I, I I will say that I do have this sense of entitlement that I'm absolute. That's absolutely ugly, because like I'll be watching. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't use. Uh, uh, I don't use a, a, a tool that will let me f- uh, fool the BBC iPlayer into thinking that I'm watching from uh, from England, and instead, like I'm kind of wait and hope for. Uh, I kind of wait and hope for companies to uh, someone to post to the Great British Bake Off, like the la- the last season, like as it as it airs, and they post it, and because they know that uh, uh, that their algorithms are looking for video and audio signatures, they'll do something like they'll speed it up just a little bit, or they'll crop it weird, and like I said, I I, I should be more aware that I'm doing something that is in violation of copyright, but I'll be watching this thing. Like, ah. Damn it! Why did they speed it up? So, oh no! And now they also rotated it fifteen. Oh, you, what? Yeah, Jesus! So it's almost unwatchable. Yeah. Why is it? So, why is this? People make it so hard for me to steal things I have no 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 right to have. <laughs> you, you have to move to Australia, Andy. We we are the most entitled nation on earth when it comes to content because almost every single okay exaggeration, but a, a lot of YouTube links and uh, videos <laughs> that people link to. You know, I follow a lot of people in the US, and they're like, oh, this video from. Stephen Colbert or whatever is so funny you should watch it and I click it and I said this video is not available in your region I'm like mm. and you get that every fifth <laughs> click is like this video is not made available in your region and after a while you just you rage quit you're like no I'm gonna buy me a VPN I'm gonna set this up this video is always available in my region and I think we we had the same thing <laughs> recently with the Dallas Buyers Club um, the 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 studio that made that came to Australia and tried to sue um, to get all the names from our, our th- top i think it was the the third most popular isp in australia they were trying to get all the the details of every single person that pirated that movie so they could go after them and that that was like a multi-year court case and that's just so common in australia that that people are always trying to get around these things but i just want to say publicly on this podcast that i, I have never done that and uh, i'm sure none of us have either so please just leave us alone <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so I guess I guess now we, we can talk about the actual the actual ad. The 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 most interesting one was an ad that uh, is, they called Monotune, uh, and it may or it it uses the same tagline that uh, Google has been using about Android forever, which is that you know we're not all we're not just one person in this world we're individual voices. So they had this uh, pretty cool idea. They got the uh, Chinese pianist uh, Zhi Lu 
to play the third movement of uh, Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. Um, and I've got it. He- so here's I got it queued up here. So here's here's him playing it under the under the caption. A piano has 88 keys. So I got it queued up here. Uh, and so we'll listen along. Uh, so you start off and, you, you, and he's at the piano, of course, dramatically lit. You trying to read his tattoos because he's one of those really cool contemporary pianists. And so he's here's it is. And he's playing like fortissimo under the caption. A piano has 88 keys. And each one is different. Just pretty amazing. But what if they were all the same? And then he moves to a second piano that's right behind him, swiveling around, in which they've retuned the piano so that every single key is playing middle C. And so it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> I know, I, I'll say that I, I know what I know what they're trying to get at. Uh, because of course the captions continue, and it's actually it actually goes on for quite a while. I'm skipping around to get the. Uh, just says be together, not the same, like the standard tagline. And it's like, I, I, I totally get what they're after. I appreciate the very, very gentle jab at the iPhone, I think. Uh, but I'm like, that's actually kind of cool just to hear. I mean, you heard it, it's like, I've never, to hear just the, just the tempo of the third movement, like this frenetic sonata. And of course, it's not just like one one drum going bum 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 bum. It's like this flurry of fingers playing. That was actually kind of interesting. It's like maybe maybe we should all be one voice. I don't know. <laughs> I I really really love that ad. Um, but the thing that they did with their social media along that ad uh, just did not <laughs> did not play out that well. So they started uh, tweeting out c c c c c space ccc so they were doing all these messages but only with the letter c because they're really trying to emphasize like back to that monotone uh, ad where they're like hey look if we all spoke with the same letter and if we all had the same iphone we would all just be the same and there's no difference and they you're missing so much of oh, life I didn't see that. uh so they so they were tweeting out and they actually tweeted out what was it 11 t- uh, times in 16 minutes regarding their piano ad but the thing is people were really really confused online and they were like what is going on with android did they just get hacked and then when they finally like said because they must have been getting a lot of feedback going uh what is going on ccc what does that all mean and it was regarding they were like it's our piano ad you know be together not the same and people were like that's great can you please stop spamming us now and i think <laughs> and here and and i and i love the idea behind all of it but what would have been better if they actually like built it up throughout the day so maybe not within those 60 minutes where they were, it felt like you were just being spammed and like someone got hacked but maybe throughout the day you had like these cryptic messages where it was like c c c c c and then you kind of shared what it was and like kind of built it up saying hey this is the ad that we're talking about like you know if we all have different um, tunes and all this stuff, like we make better music versus everyone being um, the same. Um, but they, <laughs> it just, people felt like they were getting spam and that it was just not making sense. So um, I'm going to clap at Android for trying because they don't usually <laughs> spend a lot of money in marketing. And I really, actually really, really love the ad, but just man, the social media just didn't play out. I think as they were hoping to, <laughs> <laughs> you can see like a, a social media team though sitting in a room and going, "This is this is genius. What we'll do? Yeah. <laughs> just tweet out something cryptic. People will go crazy, you know, for the cryptic stuff. You know, they'll retweet it. They'll be like, what is going on?' And then we'll just keep getting more and more cryptic. And then an hour in, we'll just hit them with the video, and it'll be, you know, <laughs> viral. Boom. It's gonna it's gonna go. Yeah, that viral. Everything was- is viral. It's going worldwide." 
it's probably viral for the wrong reasons. That's that's probably the problem. Kind of um, works. Like, yeah, but yeah. So it was just really confusing. Everyone's like, "What is going on?" And I think people on Reddit were like, "It's all about the ad." And I figured it out. I really like the ad. I think um, that's one of my biggest passions about Android and uh, Google and the ecosystem is about you know all these different phones and all these different ways to access Android the operating system, which gives people from different price points to use the same operating system, but not have to pay kind of the the one price of of uh, what it, like an iPhone would cost and all the differences. I love their Be Together, Not the Same campaign. It's probably one of my favorite Android ones. Like, you know, every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, like Be Together, Not the Same. It's like one <laughs> thing that I wear as a badge. Um, so I, I thought it was really cool. I really like the piano ad, but um, better luck next time. It, it also seems to be a theme that they've stuck with for a long time. You know, often you get mm-hmm. these ad campaigns and they run for a few weeks and they're like, well, you know, let's move on to something else. I've seen Be Together, be together not the same for a long time now and it's even on um we have like bus stops here in australia and it's all over them it's plastered on the side of buses like you you see it a lot i don't my, my problem is i think it's very hard to do um an ad campaign where you're i mean you want to emphasize like your strengths versus others but it, it can be a little bit awkward when you're poking fun of like a competitor because yeah i mean i mean i definitely get it and i get what you're saying Yasmin. like android is across different price points you can choose you know a device that suits your needs these are really positive things but i don't know about poking fun at the other side and saying well look look at them over there they're all exactly the same you know samsung tried the same thing where you know they used to have advertising of people in white hoodies you know all walking in exactly the same step and someone had walked in who looked completely different and they'd shatter the entire you know world that all these people lived in i mean yeah, I, I guess it makes sense, but yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, at least it, it was it was gentle, yeah, and you kind of had to read into it. And plus, they do have a good point to make. Um, it would it would have been different if they were if they were saying all they what they could have done if they really wanted to draw blood was like read recent columns by like uh, Walt Mossberg and Jim Dalrymple <laughs> about about the problems of like oh god I'm not, I've, I'm not using Apple Music because it destroyed my entire music library <laughs> and Walt Mossberg saying they just don't I don't know why they just can't get any all their software stinks and then just the it's okay, Apple. <laughs> you can't all. We have. We have. We've been building apps and services that don't just work on one platform, but work on all platforms. And it's so hard. We, we know that maybe eventually you'll be as good as this stuff as we are, because we don't just assume that our stuff works either. Boy, it. Well, this. How, how about a Fresca? Come on down to the office. We'll buy you a Fresca and a brownie. Yeah, that's true. You can get a lot more ham-fisted. I don't know if anyone remembers the Scroogled campaign that Microsoft ran. But that is one of the worst sort of like, yeah, targeted campaigns I've ever seen. Yeah, I think it's different how you approach it. I think you guys bring up a good point where it's like when you're flat out attacking someone that's like, come on, you really need to be attacking someone versus like almost just slightly poking fun of it. I I think it's it can be done really well um, where you're like, okay, I get it. But yeah, it's not like you guys all suck. Like that's not what they're saying. You know, you're all the same and you're terrible, you know. That's the sort of stuff that you do if, like, you're a mattress store and there are two other mattress stores on President's Weekend that's, that's, that are having sales. <laughs> but it's like if you're if you're gonna buy all that time during the Grammys, you don't want to make your if you, if you have their attention for that amount of time, you're not going to be telling people here's why the other company sucks. You're gonna you have so many opportunities to say here's why our apps are really really good. And the other ads, like I was saying, was were really cool because they it's just pointing out here are the different ways that people are using our uh, our software together, uh, and people are not 
necessarily Google fans. They're not like going to be doing a testimonial about Google apps changed my life. I just feel that. It's just, no, you just, you get through your day using Google apps and services and you barely notice that the, the Google, that the, that the logo has changed at all. Yeah. And like I was saying, it does feel like they've renewed sort of efforts on this front as well. Like I don't think, apart from the past year, I don't think I've ever seen Google advertising in, in Australia. Like it may have existed, but it definitely wasn't prevalent. But the last sort of six to 12 months, it's, it's on television, it's on buses, it's on stops. Like it definitely seems to be a big push to, to push things like, um, Okay, material as as you know, they the kind of service that you can ask anything of. You know, they they have these ads of someone running, and, and the the person will be like, okay, material, you know, blah blah blah, and also Android as well, which I haven't really seen advertised here a lot. Like, you go somewhere like Sydney, and you just see Samsung, you know, posted, plastered, posters plastered everywhere. Try saying that ten times really fast, but <laughs> it, it, it it's always been a thing here. Like Samsung has been huge, but I've never seen Google, you know, advertise their services directly here. I'm not sure if that's that's a thing in the US. Like, have you always had that there? Because it seems to be a recent sort of push into Australia. It's been it's pretty good. I mean, they uh, there is a. I think they they still refer to it as the largest high definition advertising display in the world, and that's in the middle of Times Square. And it's I've seemed to uh, every time that I, if I have any recollection of seeing a certain advertiser on it, it's always been Google. Uh, and just going through the entire portfolio stuff. As a matter of fact, that's one of my biggest recollections of uh, them using the uh, uh, using that slogan uh, effectively. Because I, I still remember just staring there because it's one a.m. and my train home is in for another hour and a half, and just watching like flocks of of uh, Android bots dressed in all kinds of different clothes and all kinds of different doing all kinds of different things, uh, and this on this screen that's about eighty yards by. 30 yards and so bright that it's 1 a.m. But you don't, you can take the best photographs of yourself or your friends in the world because you've got this immense <laughs> flash <laughs> in front of you. Yeah. And I think it's like a new thing. Like you usually don't see a lot of uh, Android ads. I think last year when they started promoting the Nexus 6, the ads were kind of pretty terrible. Like they didn't really show you all the cool stuff that the Nexus 6 could do. It was just kind of like, here's an Nexus 6 in a beautiful white, you know, white lit room. Um, so it wasn't the, the greatest, but that's kind of when I started seeing more ads for that. Um, and I actually really, really like that they're promoting Android because it is hard. You know, with, App with Apple, you, you control the whole hardware, you control the software, so you can really create these really uh, beautiful ads around every part of that experience. Like, you can really showcase the phone because it's the same phone that you're promoting. Uh, with Android, it makes it a little bit harder because you are not necessarily just like a Samsung company. You are an operating system that runs on so many different phones. And so it's kind of hard to showcase that. And hey, if I'm promoting Android Pay, maybe the phone I have doesn't work with that or, or things of that nature. So I think what they're really focusing on is on the operating system and kind of the thing that unites them all and showcasing this is what's different, but these are all the things, you know, that, that make Android so great. Um, so I really love the new ads, and I I think it's good that Android is investing money into marketing because so many times people are like, I didn't know my phone could do that. My phone can do that? Like, cool. And so, um, you know, it's like I've said, Google Wallet uh, for years since like the Nexus, Nexus 4 has been able to do the tap and pay, but no one knew you could do tap and, tap and pay. So when Android Pay was announced alongside kind of like Apple Pay, they were like, oh, wow, we can tap and pay. I was like, I've been able to do this for, with my Nexus 4 for a very long time, but no one's ever known about it. So I think focusing on the services and the things that they do is really, really good. Yeah, and sometimes you, it's, it's, it's even nice to just to fly the flag 
especially when Apple makes so many really good and just memorable commercials. It's, it's, it's not as though you need to be reassured as an Android user or as a Google services user that it's okay, that you're, you're part of the winning team. But it's good to know that there's – be reminded that you are part of something that, is, it's, that the company decides is a, is a really important product. Uh, speaking of really important products, let me talk about the one of the greatest free apps that Apple has, MyTracks. I can't speak enough about it. I love it. I use it all the time. And that's the free and simple app that uh, Google has put onto the Play Store that lets you record not even just like maps and routes, but just arbitrary. I want to I want to mark where my position is, and I'm I'm going to be going on a walking route or a driving route, and I just want to record that route so that I can examine later on. Uh, what it looks like. And yes, I know I said Apple instead of Google. That's because I got Apple on the mind right now. Because this is because what, what, what Google has just done is something that Apple has been doing a lot, which is to say, Andy, we know that you know this app. We know that you love this app. But we've decided that it does not fit into with our general interest. So we're going to kill this app, this lovely, vibrant, wonderful app. Uh, oh, my, my, and even let me, tell, let me also tell you one of my favorite uses of it. I've got uh, and if uh, if this then that button uh, on my Android Wear watch that is hooked up to a to a to a, an action a recipe that just simply rec- whenever I tap the button on my watch it simply records the GPS location and the time and the date that simply tells me that at some for whatever reason when I was at this spot I thought that this spot was interesting enough that I want to follow up on it later on uh, because you can't don't have time to whip out your phone and like find out. You know, do a Google search and find the address or find what's write down the name of this restaurant. But I know that if I just put that on the map later on, and so and it puts it into a Google Docs spreadsheet that I can then look up later. So many different. It's like a generalized GPS app, uh, but they are pulling support of it. It's not going to be available from the App Store uh, from the Play Store after April thirtieth. I don't believe the from the wording on the Google support blog. Uh, it I don't believe it'll even work. It says after April thirtieth, twenty sixteen, my tracks will no longer be available. We apologize for the inconvenience. This might cause my tracks users we've made the tough decision to invest our efforts into other more wide-reaching mapping products below are some resources to help you manage or export your data and find other apps to continue tracking your activities and here's the here's the point where it says even though you won't be able to track your activities using my tracks after april 30th you'll still be able to export your data after that date and it shows you that here's how to do it and you can export it as km kml gpx a uh, regular spreadsheet file uh, or tcx uh, and then use it with other apps. I was chiefly using it as sort of a fitness track, not not necessarily a fitness tracker, but I want to be able to know like here's uh, here's the route that I walked, here's how fast I walked it, so I wind up uh, having like records of that sort of thing. I actually had the Google widget for it uh, right on my home screen. Um, so I'm bummed because I don't know why they couldn't just just keep it going. I know it, I know it costs money to keep supporting an app, but it's just such a nice app. But the other side of that is that it did make me finally, uh, in trying to figure out how I'm going to like track my walks and my, my bike rides, uh, how am I going to do that? That's when I really started looking in, looking at Google Fit again and finding out that okay, I, I okay, I know that the interface is much better with Google Fit. And I know that it collects a lot more data as Google Fit, and I know that it does things automatically as Google Fit without my necessarily having to activate it. And I know you don't have to tap tap one button. But still, I had I, I had this other app that I liked, and now I don't have it anymore. I know I know I know this is better for me, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm entitled, darn it, for this app that I never paid money for. I uh, so 
two solutions for you, Andy. I know you're heartbroken, but I have two solutions for you. Wait, do we need to dub um, some music over the top here? Some <laughs> slow, like, somber. Like, music. Yeah, somber music. It won't drown out the sound of my tears. I had to mute Skype for this. First question, have you used the timeline feature inside of Google Maps? Yes. Where you The page that will basically show you where you've been everywhere any it's, day. It's kind of creepy if you look in your time. If you didn't know this, if you go into Google Maps, there's a little uh, timeline uh, page where you can go in there and it tells you like where you've been and it knows places pretty well because it put, it pulls stuff from like Google Maps and so you're like, yes, I was at that coffee shop. Creepy Google. Thanks for letting me know. It's actually really fun because it, it shows you your route and I was like, oh, that's funny. I took that route. Uh, but also within Google Fit, yes, there is the ability to see the from your GPS to see how, what route you did take, and it's actually really fun because. Um, so I've been, you know, I've been I use my Android Wear watch, and you know when it pops up, like I don't know if you guys have it set up like this, but every so often it tells you like, hey, you've done X amount of steps, keep keep up the good work, and if you swipe left, it gives you options to you know show details, heart rate, and then there's a start activity one, which is actually really cool. You hit start activity and it lets you select from the different activities. And one of the ones that I've been using um, is bike rides with my family. So I can hit start activity and it'll tell me like how long I've been bike riding for, the length. And it tells me how fast I've gone. And like, I'm like, woohoo, one mile per hour because I'm with the (laughs) kindergartner, you know. (laughs) No, uh, but that's... It's really cool. I never actually use my tracks, so I'm sorry. I cannot sympathize with you, Andy, but there's a lot of cool features yeah. into in Google Fit and uh, the Google Maps. Yeah, and it, it does point out that the problem with continuing to use something that has been working for you for a long time is that it disincentives you from looking for other solutions. Like, if there, I will... I will even use a, a, an example that will be intensely personal for one member of our panel. I was not using Pocket Cast for a long, long time. <laughs> I was using I was using a competing product that when I when I when I first switched to Android was I found it and thought it was really it did things that I wanted it to do and I thought it was really nice. And it's not as though I was doing regular check as well i haven't looked at uh, podcasting apps podcasting app for two, three, two or three months i need to do another another survey it would just no this is still working fine and so i'm not going to uh, check anything else and then of course when i rebooted my uh, my my usage uh, of android over the summer it was like oh pocket cast is actually 10 times better than the <laughs> one i won't say which one i was using before it's like all, all the things that annoyed me about the first one that i simply learn to live with. I don't have to learn to live with it. So Google Fit is a lot like that. It's like, I really just wanted the simple linear tap this button because I'm going to start a run. And I just wanted, I want that voice inside my ear to say, okay, you're 45 minutes in or you're one mile in. It works great. Uh, as you're right, and you're, and you're right, Yasmin, it, it does, it will give you a, a beautiful, like, material design map of everything that you're doing. It will put everything into a centralized database, so it will actually count towards uh, everything, that, all your steps and all your general fitness. And I actually like it, the only th- I like it a lot more. The only thing I don't like is that it does give you that countdown which see, I'm like, I'll like start the thing and then like, maybe like, oh, I got to let me fix my gloves or just, I'm just going to, oh, hey, look, there's a bird up there. I wonder if that's a blue jay or whether it's a, but when, it's, but when you tap the button for Google Fit to like start an activity, it goes three, two, one. And you're like, I'm not on the seat yet. I'm not on the seat yet. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. I haven't gone yet. Yeah. I have noticed that where I'm like, oh, better hurry. Like have to have my feet on the pedals. I don't want to, it's like, it's like doing this. Sh- 
the gun where it's like race start start you know start your engines yeah. uh it's it's really cool the the information that it provides afterwards like it kind of talked about this but it tells you your active time which if you stop and look at a bird and you're like is that what kind of bird is that it won't count that as active time but it'll count that as your total time of the activity it tells you yeah. the calories and my favorite part is the speed like i talked about going really slow it tells me that my average is 4.6 miles per hour woohoo but but I wanted to see how fast I got. And I got as fast as 12.5 miles per hour, everyone. So all that information inside Google Fit, uh, because I was tracking it. And I think I think it automatically tracks it, even if you don't say start activity. But um, yeah. yeah, so you don't have to do it, but it's more fun to do it on the I watch. Don't, I, didn't, I didn't realize any of this. So I, I do use Google Fit on a regular basis. Like I do use Android. I didn't realize there was even activity tracking in there. Like I've seen the the thing that tells you, you know, how many steps, how much distance you covered um, and that sort of thing. I, I didn't, didn't realize you could even start an activity. So I have learned something today. And I think you can even do like uh, sit-ups and stuff. So that yeah, I think it, I don't think I'm I haven't. Do I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't <laughs> tried that, but I think it'll like actually coach you, like you know, as you're doing up uh, sit-ups. So yeah, I I really like Google Fit. Um, I'm not. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm not usually a person that really exercises, and so like it's not. I'm not looking for a Fit app where it like really trains me and it's doing all that. But I think uh, the features that it has built into it, it just makes it kind of fun because you're kind of like, oh, I didn't realize that's how much like calories I burned, and all that fun stuff. I, I, I when I, when uh, I found out that my tracks was going to stop working, I started looking for alternatives. Uh, particularly when I got that got the new bike, I thought, well, actually, my friends who are active cyclists use Strava and they swear by it. So of course, I downloaded Strava, and it's just so complicated because it really is about people who are real serious athletes and they're training hard and they want to see results and they want to beat the other person who's riding on this route. Whereas my tracks, excuse me, uh, Google Fit is really, I just want to get keep an eye on how often I'm doing this. Uh, we uh, Earlier in the show, we talked about uh, the, the new hat that I bought. And you might wonder, well, if it's 12 degrees outside with a windshield driving it down to minus 10, why are you going out to take a walk? Well, it's because uh, Google Fit doesn't badger you. But if you tap to look, you can see okay, I'm used to getting a flag for like fitness goals completed like every other day at least. I have been inside, literally inside the house because it's been too darn cold or too darn snowy for three days. And it's like, I feel as though because it's sunny, it will be unpleasant to be walking for three or four miles and that. But I feel as though at least to make the state, need to make the statement to myself that I am not quite that much of a slug, that I'm willing to do things that are going to be unpleasant if it means not having to take a certain amount of pills or have some sort of thing surgically implanted that has to inject either electrical signals or insulin into my body at regular intervals in 10 years' time. That's a, that, that seems like a good use of my time. <laughs> I've just found this in, in here, Yasmin, you're right. It's uh... I went for a walk yesterday. I didn't start any sort of activity. It tells me active time, total time, um, estimated distance, average pace. Mine's 13 kilometers an hour. So that sounds faster, even though it's not. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's more accurate if you, if you, if, if you, deli- if you deliberately start an activity and tell what activity it is, and you can actually initiate it from the watch, you don't have to even have your phone with you. It's a lot more accurate. If it, figures out on its own what you're doing you'll get credit for it but it might not be accurate i had my when i wrote i rode my bike home from the store for 11 miles and it gave me i didn't turn anything on it gave me credit for like 0.8 miles <laughs> i'm like you 
bastard. Like some Google. No. I was up I was up on a lot of hills. I almost killed myself on that <laughs> damn thing. You're gonna give me like you, you gave Jazz you gave Yasmina burrito. Give me the, the credit for the nine miles that I that I wrote on January thirty first. Actually, I'd rather have the burrito, but the principle is the same. Yeah, and if you're, we should probably wrap this up, but if you're super into activity tracking, you can also manually add activities as well. So um, one of the things I do every week is I play beach volleyball, and I'm not taking my Android Wear watch or my Nexus 6P anywhere near like sand. That's just, it's not a great idea. So you can add it manually. Plus that, that, that skimpy beach volleyball suit, you don't have enough room in any pockets to hide a wow. food. <laughs> well, let me tell you about Speedos, my friend. Speedos and body You don't have enough room for a stick of gum. <laughs> So, I mean, we, we've been talking about, um, you know, services that Google's taking away. I, I can tell you one of our next sponsor here is not going anywhere because we've been using them for um, many years now, and it is Linode. So this episode of Material Podcast is brought to you by Linode. And if you're wondering, you know, what on earth is a Linode? Is it a type of bird? Is it something you might see in my walk? No, it's a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers. Um, they're spread across eight data centers around the world, which makes Linode a fantastic solution when you're looking for server infrastructure. So in, in, it's a big thing in the app world and you know, other, other sort of environments that you need servers. You need something to, to back up all these you know, fancy apps and all the different things that they're doing. And with Linode, you can get a server up and running in under a minute. So plans start from just $10 a month and they scale up from there depending on the, you know, the resources and the disk usage and the amount of memory you need. Um, you can choose whatever Linux distro you want to put on there. There's a really nice, you know, management interface. When you first set up a Linode, you just say, you know, I want Debian, you know, version this. I want this, this, this. Um, you click go, and boom, you have a you have a server that you can log into straight away. So, like I said, they have industry-leading native SSD storage. Um, they use powerful Intel E5 processors, which are the fastest ones you can get in the cloud market. And you also have access to a 40 gigabit. Um, network. So this is a this is a serious operation. Like this is in you know a data center with redundancy, you know multiple levels of redundancy built in. Really fast networking out to the rest of the world, which is what you want. You know if you're running a server, and they even have an API that lets you automate you know tasks inside there. So if you want to develop um, some custom applications, you can plug into that API and you can you know work with it really easily. And the the thing I really like about Linode is their pricing tiers are capped. So you know if you get on the ten dollar a month plan, you're not going to be charged some weird you know of $5,632.32 because you went over some cap. No, if you if you choose the $10 one, you get the resources allocated there um, and it's capped. It's capped at $10. So Linode has um, over 400,000 customers who are serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team and they're even open over the holidays, which, you know, that's a big thing. If you're going to put your stuff in a data center, you want to know that it's there all the time. You want to know that, you know, even if you're in Australia and it's 3am in the US, you can still contact someone and we've... We've done that, you know, occasionally things crop up and we've contacted their support team and boom, you know, instant response and, and they fix stuff for us. So, and the other thing I really like about Linode is they're committed to improving their infrastructure. So um, I remember there was a time when they weren't SSD based. So, I mean, they were using spinning disks, you know, really fast spinning disks, but, you know, still spinning disks. And they rolled that out to their entire infrastructure. They said, look, SSDs are, are now the hot new thing. You know, they're a lot faster and they just rolled that, that out. They did the same when they switched from a technology called Zen to KVM, anyone that knows what I'm what I'm talking about will will know that that's a massive performance increase, and this is the thing that you know they're constantly you know working on. So, just to sum up, uh, Linode is great for things like running a private Git server, uh, hosting large databases, running your own mail server, or just running the back end. You know, for if you're an app developer or you're some other um, kind of software developer, or even if you work at a company where you know your focus is software development, but maybe you don't want to run you know your, your own infrastructure in a data center. 
um, Linode is definitely worth checking out. So what you need to do is you need to go to linode.com slash material and that way you'll be supporting our show but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan of your choosing and you ha- also have a seven-day money-back guarantee. So if you log in there, and I mean, I can't imagine this happening, but if for some reason you think, oh, well, this is this is really not for us, it's not what we're expecting, you can get your money back. So again, go to linode.com slash material um, to learn more and to sign up and to take advantage of that $20 credit or you can use the offer code material20 at checkout. And we'd really like to thank uh, Linode for supporting this show and all of FM. So there, there has been a, another sort of thing that's been brewing since, I think since the last Google I.O. So Google, I'll give you a really quick five-second history lesson. that When I first started Android development, there was a tool called Eclipse. Um, it's an open source project. You know, it was kind of came out of IBM and a few other places. And it's, it's a development environment. You know, developers go in there and develop code. And that's originally how you developed um, Android apps with a, with a plugin that Google wrote. And it was all right. I mean, developers were familiar with it and you get, you know, Stockholm Syndrome after a while. You're like, Eclipse is great. I love Eclipse. But really, it's, you've spent a lot of time in Eclipse and you've just learned that when you right-click something, 45, you know, things in that menu is, is fine. That's, that's acceptable. So a while back, Google came out with Android Studio um, and they based it. They basically built their own ID on top of you know something else that that was way more streamlined, way better. And when we got this as developers, we're like, yes, finally, like a, a good development environment. And this week, or possibly last week actually, Android Studio 2.0 went into beta. And so this is this is a big deal. It's it's Google committed to developers. It's Google, um, you know, building out resources for developers. But it's also things that are really specific to Android. So I'll give you one. A quick feature that they've added that's made a huge difference to our lives. Um, they've added a thing that I think is called Instant Run, which is basically like it used to be um, if you want to deploy, let's say, your Android app onto a phone or into a, an emulator, you'd hit the go button and then you'd wait. You know, it would compile it and then it would send it to your phone and then you'd, it could literally be, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. And when you're trying to, you know, rapidly iterate on something, you want to move a button a little bit to the left or you want to test some new animation that is a really annoying delay um, to have in there especially when on the ios side especially with the the simulator infrastructure that they use it's it's a two to three second process you know that that is a huge difference so with android um, studio 2.0 you now have that same functionality so it knows the things that you've been changing and it knows that when you hit go you only want to deploy those changes over and (laughs) i was a bit worried about this feature you know that this went through they have a canary channel and they have all these other channels that come out before beta it was a bit broken. I'm like, oh no! Like, if this makes it out like this, like it's going to be bad news. But I'm happy to say that in the beta, it's it's finally stable, which is really good news. So when that goes out to um, a release version, I think that'll make a huge difference to to developers. That's not the only feature in 2.0, but I don't want to bore you with you know 25 feature lists. You should go check it out if you're <laughs> any at all interested in Android development. Um, even if you just want to get started in development, download it. Um, I'll give you a pro tip. There's there's a file menu, and somewhere in there, there's samples. And you can literally get up and running in seconds. You can download their their media player sample or whatever sample app you want to run with, and you can hit go and deploy that to to your Android phone. And you can play with you know developing things. That I think that I always recommend to people is you know install that on your phone and then try and do things like change what the button does or you know whatever takes your fancy. Put some text on a screen, something like that. It's it's really easy to to get into now that there's just you know one tool that that you download. Is that going to bring like people who might have been scared off of Android development back in? Uh, is it is it stuff that existing programmers are going to appreciate and 
let them work faster and more efficiently? Or is it the sort of thing like uh, like when Apple introduced uh, the Swift programming language, which was designed to sort of be a little not like not like basic, but at least to get rid of most of the hair ter- hair tearing stuff from uh, from Objective C? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. So it's definitely things for existing programmers to to make us work, you know, more efficiently. But it's also I think ever since Android Studio 1.0 came out, it was much easier easier to get into Android development because you could tell people go to this website, download this one thing, now you have everything. You know, previously it was okay, install Eclipse, make sure you got the right version of Eclipse, get the plugin for Eclipse, download the SDK separately, download this. It was a it was a really involved, you know, process. Whereas now it's like download one app install that up, run that up, you're done. It's, it's, a, it's a much more streamlined process. And I'm really, I guess, heartened by the fact that Google's still putting resources into that because when it first came out, you're like, this is nice, but if you don't keep going with this, you know, where's it going to end up? But they're, they're definitely all in on, on this tool. Yeah, and I think it's actually, um, like you mentioned, easier for people to get the hang of it. And I actually saw one of these lessons kind of floating around of how to create your first Hello World Android app. And I was actually going to go in there and test it out because I was like, hey, that's fun. I like tinkering with stuff. Um, So I'll, I'll find out where the lesson is and post it in the show notes if I find it. And if I don't find it, I won't rickroll you. (laughs) <laughs> but um one of my Wait, friends that a promise, posted, yes, that's a promise you can count on me i had to apologize to a lot of people last week russell i was like i'm so sorry we'll never let this happen uh, don't worry that person will be publicly shamed on the podcast russell well look we're, we're <laughs> deep into the show so i just want to say so, je, je ne regret rien. i regret nothing so yeah i'll get that lo- um that link in the show notes because i think it's fun for people to like want to get started just like I, I wanted to do it. I was like, I want to publish my own Android app. Hello world, you know, maybe you'll, uh, maybe you'll get me into Google IO as a developer. We should we just go. put it in the store. The Hello <laughs> yeah. world by Yasmin $1. Yeah. <laughs> $1. Maybe I'll, I'll get as much uh, money as the people that did your clicks. <laughs> those, those, those make those make you so sad when you sometimes you see them in the app store too you know that so, you know that someone just like went to like a, a weekend seminar oh. and they really and they finished their first app and they've they've so overwritten like the notes and the expectations like this is this is super awesome notepad <laughs> it's a notepad that takes your notes that so you can write them and you can Put bold face on the ones that are important, and you can even create outlines just by, simply by typing a hyphen in front and then using the tab key to move it to the side. It's like, oh dear, that's <laughs> sweetie, that, that's such a that's such a great. We're gonna put that app right on the refrigerator because we're all so proud of you. For, like, oh dear, it's not it's not exactly Evernote, is it? <laughs> Uh, yeah. that, that's actually not a bad thing, but um, we'll leave that at that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You might be, you might be better funded than Evernote at this <laughs> and point. And you might be able to sell sto- socks because, I mean, they've stopped doing that. So that's a vertical that, um, that you can now enter into. The fools. <laughs> we want to thank everyone for listening. And Andy, where can people stay uh, connected with you and make sure your car doesn't flip over in that storm you had? Oh, God, don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a week for, for those listening. We had in New England, we were having this huge winds. Our first above like freezing day and it's rain and just huge wind. And I've, I was recording the Mac break podcast for two hours and I'm hearing like all these really troubling noises outside. And as we're wrapping up the show, I'm thinking, okay, in about five minutes, I'm going to be able to get up from this table and I'll go to the front door and either my car will be right side up or it won't. And I'll be, <laughs> I'll be okay no matter what happens. And fortunately, it was just, I'm probably going to have to, I'm going to have a whole bunch of new firewood to collect tomorrow morning. But other than that, 
uh, so long as the lights keep open. Um, as usual, the cost of admission to the uh, Anatko Teen Funhouse is spelling my last name. You can spell it I-H-N as in Nancy, A-T as in Tom, K-O. You can check out my uh, Twitter feed, which is at Anatko, uh, or you can check out my blog, anatko.com. And Russell, where can people stay connected with you? And maybe finally get an update on the on the PocketCast iOS app. Is How's that coming along? Ooh, it's currently in closed beta. Please, please don't hassle me to be on the beta. It's full. I'm so sorry, but there's no more room for anyone else. You can find me um, at Rusty Shelf on Twitter. Um, you can also find my blog at RustyShelf.org. And I will say, you know, we don't want to discourage you. If you want to get into development, I highly recommend it. I'd, I tell you, when I first started um, mobile app development, I had eight years of software development experience. And you might think, wow, eight years. You know, the first app that Rusty built must have been something truly, you know, amazing. And I, I'm, I'm here to confess that my very first app was a, was a soundboard. It had a cow and you pressed it and the cow <laughs> went moo. And, you know, I had a dog and the dog went woof. And that is literally the first app that I built. So, so don't feel bad, you know, build something better than that. <laughs> and I'm at Yasmeen Evian on Twitter. You can follow us at, at Material Podcast on Twitter. You can send us feedback at materialpodcasts at gmail.com and you can find us on the web and also, hey, sponsor us with some membership money at relay.fm forward slash material. And this one goes out to you, Deb, because, uh, you know, Google released a new Australian voice. We talked about this a few episodes back and Deb requested, please sing this in your Australian accent uh, in the next episode of Material. And I think they, she asked this because my Australian accent is so great. She's just like, Yasmin, it is so amazing. You have to sing this. So, so here it goes. And I'll put a link in the show notes of the Google Apps new voice so you know what I'm talking about. Okay. So it goes, I've been everywhere, man. No. Man, is that like Jamaican? Cross the deserts, bear, man. Drink the Foster's beer, man. Put shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Don't, don't let me stop you, Esme. This is this is gold, gold. And that, there we that go. Sound that sound clip will be available as a ringtone for interested uh, for for sponsors at the fifty dollar a month level. I think I've made my dog start barking because I started singing. I think I think Yasmin does not want to live in Babylon no more. <laughs> So there we go, Deb. Uh, yeah, obviously I can't sing or speak Australian. I think it's a it's a combination of British Jamaican. Yeah, man. <laughs> Live in Australia, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a fantastic week. Until next time, stay material. <laughs> stay in material please stay in material stay in Keep material you don't want on. me to tell you about uh, our national uh, uh, colloquial term for uh, speedos budgie smugglers wait what budgie smugglers what's it called budgie they're called budgie smugglers <laughs> that's not, that's that's you guys not call very it? flattering <laughs> that's, that's not very flattering of australian men if hey, i honey, might say can you so get your budgie smuggles on <laughs> how, how about eagles nests <laughs> Ostrich dens. <laughs> it's you always, pick a name for it's yourself, you call them budgie smuggler? Goodness. <laughs> budgie smuggler. It's always really funny because, you know, we, we speak English in Australia and in America. And so it's funny when, um, when Russell says some names and I'm like, what is that? And he's like, my jocks. And I'm like, 
what are jocks like uh, jocks are like <laughs> people that play sports in high school and then you know and you have this a whole like discussion about like that's what we call a man underwear here in australia i'm like oh you're okay jocks yeah, we, okay we, we had this very, this very week a uh, week when yasmin sent us a thong in the post and i've realized i can't tell that to americans because because <laughs> they think of that as underwear here here that i believe they call them uh, flip-flops can you please clarify that because yasmin is not sending underwear to russell <laughs> flip-flops flip-flops <laughs> They're called thongs in Australia. They're called flip-flops everywhere else, maybe in America. So, no, I, I sent a shoe to Russell, to the Shifty Jelly team. I did not send anything uh, inappropriate, just getting that out there. <laughs> <laughs>